Welcome to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini, the podcast where we meet the extraordinary talents, both on stage and off, working at Opera Australia. These conversations were all originally filmed for our streaming service, OATV. You can find more online at tv.opera.org.au, as well as full productions and behind-the-scenes footage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to OATV. And my very special guest today, Rebecca Ritchie. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It's great to see you. Um, now, you're the head of wardrobe yes. for Opera Australia. And it's only fairly recently you took on, took on that position. That's right. Only uh, two years ago. Yeah. And uh, Lynn Heal, of course, was there before you. And Lynn yeah. was with the company for a number of, well, many, many years. Yeah, she was. Um, and you've, of course, of course, been with the company for quite, a, quite some time, oh, too. I've been with the company for a very long time. Exactly. <laughs> I think I was 19... When oh, I really? first came here, yeah. Um, way back when we did a little production of Bohem, yeah. directed by Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Um, and they needed someone to just do some sewing, um, some alter some clothes, and it was a huge success. Mm. Um, and I went on to do a bit of Turandot and then, um, and then went, yep, this is what I want to do. Yeah, so, fantastic. So, so um, just getting back to, you know... It, fairly soon after you left school that you came here, but yeah. what's what's the sort of training that you need, uh, not necessarily be, we'll get to that in a minute, head of wardrobe, but, but to actually work in the department for Opera Australia? Yeah, I, I came as a home sewer. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd studied sewing at school. Um, I liked it. I was interested in it. Mm. Um, and when I came here, I realised that there was a skill level above and beyond what I had that mm. I needed to, to get training on. So I studied at NIDA. There was a very new course. It was only the second year that it had been running. And that taught me pattern making and tailoring, corsetry, um, supervision. And it really gave you a very grounded uh, education about costume. Mm. History of costume, incredibly important, which I at that stage didn't have. Um, and, and so NIDA really gave you two years of very, very focused uh, costume training um, to come back here and then I, I mean, in this world of costume you're actually learning on the job every day, mm. you don't mm. stop. Mm. Um, so I see those two years at NIDA as a great base but then I've learnt every day here mm. from the tailors I worked with, the cutters, um, the other sewers, it, it's just, it's part of the job that actually is really enjoyable is learning something mm. new, honing those skills every day. And so you start really from, from the ground up. Yeah. And, and how many people uh, do you have now working, well, pre-COVID, oh. how many people did you have working in the wardrobe department? Look, we, we have about 30, 35. Mm. Um, I think once when we did My Fair Lady, we were up to about 50. Mm. Um, it, was, it was very busy. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, I think we've got about 20, mm. 20 in there. Um, we've got a slightly quieter season costume-wise, mm. not so many shows. So that's a good balance at the moment. Mm. Um, you need, you need that many staff to be able to respond when things pick up and, you know, you're going from reviving something to a big build, like a nanny that's about to come in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's about 20, 25 people in the wardrobe uh, 
storage and wig and millinery department. Mm. And speaking to some of your colleagues, Torsten, for example, um, I understand a lot of these skills uh, well, they're very difficult to find people who can who can do them now. Yeah. Uh, the men's tailors, uh, I think, yeah. are very difficult to find. There's, why, there's why no training this? here in Australia, mm. particularly for tailoring. Mm -hmm. um, there's great schools in Germany and England, mm. that great history of costume making. Um, so we have had to get our, both our head tailor and our head cutter from overseas. Mm. Um, it's an extraordinary it, thing, isn't it? It yeah. is. And, and uh, again, when we had to fill the, the head of wigs position, mm. we had to look overseas. It's, um, NIDA's really the only school here and it does a very broad um, education, mm. not very specific, um, particularly for something like tailoring. So, yeah. um, yes, Torsten is uh, a gem in that department. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk a little bit about wigs too, because um, in most productions we use them. Yeah. And, um, you know, people take it for granted that uh, it all works and we've got the wigs and so on and so on. Yeah. Where do they come from? So the wig department, I, I mean, I find it astonishing how you can make a costume, but once you put the wig and the shoes on, mm. the whole thing comes together. Absolutely. Um, I think people are quite surprised by the wig department because they don't actually think it is a wig. Yeah. Like often, yeah. and that's the whole point of it, yeah. you shouldn't know. Yeah. Um, and the team that work in there are incredibly gifted and crafted, uh, skilled craftspeople. Um, they, you know, they just know how hair and, and how it works on a head mm. and how they, they can style it to any period you want. That's the one great thing about the wigs is once you have a great wig, you can use it over and over and over again. It's mm. a great asset for the company because it can do many, many things for you. Mm. Um, it's a, you know, it's a bit of a crime when we have to cut a wig, I have to say. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, people don't, when you talk to people about, well, uh, so-and-so's a wig maker, it seems like a job from, you know, a century ago. Well, absolutely, it was from a century, well, yeah. centuries ago. Yeah. Um, some of the staff that have come through were hairdressers, mm. although others were wig makers. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, there's nowhere to train mm. in Australia at the moment, mm. um, nowhere at all. So it's a very small, small industry. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully, the, the, the costume and the, and the wig and makeup industry has done incredibly well in COVID because Australia has done well. Mm. There's a lot of productions going on. There's a lot of films and, and um, work outside. So hopefully that will increase the industry and, mm. and grow it that little bit more and, and have those skilled people there mm. that we need. So where do you source the material for the wigs? It I'm comes sure everyone wants to know this. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it comes from a mixture of places. Yeah. Um, we buy most of our hair through Germany. Mm -hmm. Very good top quality hair mm. is um, naturally grown and a natural colour and that you pay premium for that. Yeah. Often um, you will get a, a, um, lesser quality hair that will come through um, Asian countries and the hair's stripped and re-dyed. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a good quality hair because it's strong. Mm. Um, so we can use that often. Mm. Um, but yeah, that we, you know, you pay for what you get. If you're wanting mm. really, really long, beautifully, naturally curly blonde hair, mm. you're gonna have to pay for that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And with the costumes too, now obviously our period pieces, uh, the Marriage of Figaro, for example, I'll mention as an example, where the designer was particularly, extremely particular. She was. About what she wanted. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So, yeah, Figaro was, a, was an incredible production for us. Um, Jerry, Jenny Terramani, who is a, a fashion historian, she's mm. not a costume designer, she's mm. a fashion historian, and uh, she trained under Janet Arnold, who is the go-to for period costume construction. Mm. Um, they take 
garments that have come from museums, from churches, that they've found buried in walls. They x-ray it, they look at the fibre content, they look at uh, how the structure has gone together, meticulously measure it, and then they publish these books, um, which is, it's the Bible for yeah, a yeah. costume maker. Hmm. Um, and so to have Jenny, who was Janet's assistant and now runs that area of the company, uh, on Figaro, it was it was like a you know every day for us was just like like school for costume makers yeah, yeah, you yeah. know and sure she was particular and yes we used a lot of techniques that they did use mm, we yeah, also from used the period of, from the period yeah um, a lot of modern techniques as well we didn't use whalebone we yeah. used plastic you know mm. we used some synthetic linings sorry Jenny just a few <laughs> um, but it created this world on stage that was so realistic yeah. Um, and because they were clothes, they weren't costumes, mm. there were techniques that people used then that we've been able to absorb as costume makers mm -hmm. that um, that were, were tricks for just wearing clothes that mm. we can now use as, as costume makers. Yeah, no, it was absolute absolute joy to work on mm. that show. And I think, you know, the the scene when the, count, the Countess Act 2 and the curtain goes up and she's mm. just perched in her bedroom and oh, mm. it's just a, it was just a joy yeah it's Absolute a stunning joy. it's a wonderful production yeah. one of the greatest productions you'll see figure I, out. I think so I think so um, uh, yeah it was gorgeous but um, um, I was going to refer to the fact that you know she wanted you to use period uh, tools to make these costumes yeah and pe people can say well you know what difference does it make when you're seeing the show in the theatre it makes a huge difference for, for artists when they're wearing the costumes too. Yeah. You carry yourself in a different way. Oh, absolutely. You move in a different way. Yeah. And that uh, helps the director enormously because that sort of movement and that sort of carriage is in keeping with the character as it should be. Absolutely. You know, the chorus who were workers on the, the, the property had shorter skirts. They could move easier. Their shoes mm. were more comfortable. The Countess was in long gowns with a train. She couldn't run around even mm. though... She often has to in Figaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, ab absolutely. The corsets require you to sit in a certain way. Yeah. Even though you're house staff, you're still having to wear a corset. So mm. how do you clean? How do you do that? Mm. Um, yeah, no, it was a really, really wonderful production. Yeah. Anyone should go and see that one. It's amazing. <laughs> Good. Uh, in fact, I think we're, we're doing it in Melbourne next year. Yes. I'm not supposed to announce that yet, but I've just done it. So oh, well. uh, we're, it's happening. <laughs> um, so you worked in the department for many years and now you're the head of wardrobe. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, what that sort of responsibility means? Yeah, um, it's a big change to, mm. to the position that I had before. I was a supervisor, um, which, is, which I loved. I loved that connection and the collaboration, working with designers, artists, the cutters. Um, these days I'm a little more pulled back from mm. that. It's... Mm a lot more number crunching and mm. scheduling because, you know, the company has got so many elements to it and it's going, opening night is mm. coming, you know, it's mm. got to be ready. There's a lot of um, scheduling and working backwards that um, is my responsibility. Mm. Um, I still, though, can't avoid getting my hands dirty and mm. discussing designs with uh, designers and cutters and working out how we're going to, you know, attack something, how mm. we're going to create it. Um, that's my my real passion that's mm. what I love and I, and I can't give that up I'm afraid. Do you want to talk a little bit because you've touched on it now what's the process because the designer you know draws these designs and they some of them look fabulous on paper you know, and people frame them have them in their homes yeah. um, but when they come to you and you say well this is the design that I want often well not often but sometimes you, you'd have to say well that's great but um, 
how do we do this? How's that going to work? Yes. You often are saying, how's that going to work? Yeah. Um, Look, it's a big, it it takes a lot of discussion and that's Mm. actually one of my favourite times working is sitting with the cutter and the designer and the supervisor and Mm. working out actually how are we going to make that work? Mm. Um, Particularly when it's, it's, costumes as such something yeah. like rings the ring cycle costumes they're yeah. very um they're not everyday clothes there's mm. a lot of elements to it there's a lot of strange structures mm. um and a lot of them and there's a lot of them um you know and so you you talk through that process you know for instance ring cycle the gods costumes look very simple on the outside mm. but they're not mm. um there's a lot of elements to them that i won't su- surprise well you can be surprised by it yes. um that was a big process to, to get mm. to. And so pulling all those different elements together, um, the printers, the tailors, the um, fabric makers, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it it's all starts from that first point and then, and then you start branching out and working out how you're mm-hmm. gonna do it. So everyone who works on a costume has, some, has input into it right from the starting point of the designer right through to the sewer at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, one reason why often designers love working with us because mm. everyone works as a team with it mm. um, and 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 that's part of the reason why I love it. You see this mm. thing from come from the paper all the way up to an mm. actual product. Well, all the designers and directors have nothing but the highest praise for the costume department. Yeah, they're an uh, incredible uh, bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, and it's and uh, Gianluca Falaschi, who was the designer on Wardrobe, on, on Aida, mm. uh, wrote to me only recently saying how he loves being here how he loves all of you and how professional you are. It's the best wardrobe department in the Thanks, world. John <laughs> so, Look, so, I think we, we run very, very smoothly. We've got, yeah. I mean, we are, you know, we are so busy yeah. um, as a company that unless we are planned out and, and running smoothly and, and planning ahead and predicting how things are going to work, uh, it, it can blow up. Mm. Um, so it's um, it's very nice to have feedback like that yeah. from him. Um, he was an absolute joy, yeah, and he's fantastic. joy to work with. He's, just, uh, he's just done um, the designs for the opening night of La Scala, uh, which uh, <laughs> they closed down with COVID, but uh, nevertheless, they did do a, a sort of semi-staged event, which was absolutely beautiful. And uh, he was involved with that as well. Oh, it would be lovely to get him back here. He yeah. Was, he was a joy. And, the, and I, the, his AIDA, the digital AIDA, mm. is, is, yeah, it's stunning. is stunning. Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. And I, I'll just mention another part of it because um, you, know, you mentioned the process of, of, of developing these costumes and so on and the wigs, etc. But then when we get to the theatre, uh, often we'll be in the theatre and you and, and, and part of your team are always there and uh, something's not working. So the director and the designer suddenly start, um, well, let's say that uh, they can be distressed. Yes. And so they come to you and say, well, oh, what this is not do? what I wanted. Oh, I didn't imagine it was going to be like this. <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, look, you, you try and avoid those moments, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, often, yeah, look, it, it it's, can be very stressful. You know already when it's not working. Yeah. They don't need to tell you. Yeah. Um, I know we had, um, I'm thinking back to Anna Bolena last year, mm. Um, he wanted this rip-apart coat, mm. um, which we'd only found out about a couple of weeks beforehand. Mm-hmm. And um, we put it all together and we used magnets and we used all the things that we were going to, you know, make it work. And, of course, she's crawling around on the stage in her scene <laughs> and the magnets just started to creep up on each other yeah. and this coat became an absolute mess. It was a, <laughs> it was a disaster. It fell off her. It was awful. I mean, I, we could see it happening before the director could. Yeah. And... Um, and it was like, right, 
everyone, how are we going to make this work? How mm. are we going to fix it? And as a team, we all came together. What are the problems? How are we going to sort it out? Um, it ended up being Velcro and a zip mm. that was the solution, mm. not the magnets. Yeah. Um, and then when it finally worked on stage and we only had one more go at it because of this, how the, the rehearsal process happened, mm. oh, that was such a relief <laughs> when this coat <laughs> fell apart. It's th those moments on stage when quick changes are happening, all those yeah. costume tricks that you're, you're just watching it in your heart, in your head. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. awful, but it works. Yeah, well, it works brilliantly. And, yeah. and Rebecca, congratulations Thank you. on the wonderful job that you're doing. Thank you. And to everyone in the wardrobe and wigs department, because, um, you know, when the shows go on stage, they, they do look wonderful. Yeah. And uh, it's a fantastic thing for, for all of our, uh, the, our audiences, our subscribers particularly, I think, because they've seen so many of these productions. And it's wonderful when you can see the curtain go up and if it's the first act or the second act and people go, oh, and yeah. there's an intake of breath. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, it is... Um it is a joy to watch the curtain go up and yeah. that is an incredible team that, that do put that work yeah. on stage. So congratulations on everything that you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In Conversation with Lyndon Terracini. We hope you've enjoyed the chat and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get each new episode as they're released. We also hope to see you in the theatre in the not too distant future. And you can stay up to date with all we've got going on at opera.org.au.